on the uh, Specs text line, Ricardo from Galveston says, hey, I have the Disney bundle with ESPN Plus and Hulu. Yeah, you got to have that. Hey, you can bundle them all. Got to get that ESPN Plus. We also had a texture that says, not taking me hostage with ESPN Plus. Guess I got to listen to Craig until y'all start charging for that. Old school, baby. Fuck on to you. Old school. Fight the go. power. Rage against the machine. I get it. All right, buck-ons and buck-offs all morning long, talking uh, all things global golf still, and, of course, now global soccer having an impact in uh, centers around the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia because the the money's swirling and uh, Lionel Messi turning down the billions. Meanwhile, the PGA Tour did not or could not turn down the dollars at this point, so we'll get you details on those stories. And uh, closer to home, we've got the Crystal Conti story as well, where, according to Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman, CDC has no interest in that USC vacancy. They looking for a, they're looking for an athletic director. CDC good where he's at. Yeah, to. it's timely by the Salties and the PGA. This whole little deal that they did during the the Canadian Open and then the U.S. Open week to follow right after that. That timing is really weird. I think it's that it had how they had to do it. Uh, they couldn't have done it the week of an actual PGA Tour event. Uh, because I think a lot of PJ Tour players would have said, I'm not playing, um, just because of the, the shock of it. But this is a Canadian Open, and then it's the U.S. Open, which, you know, both are, you know. Well, there's tons of Americans playing in the Canadian Open. It's, it's the guys that don't play in, in I'm those. Talking about, I'm talking about PJ, like a colonial. A sanction. Oh, okay. Been a, 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 an event put on by the PGA Tour. Itself? Itself. Um, there may have been some some brushback or blowback on that. And that. That's why I said yesterday, I think the timing is, it makes some sense, because you come off of Jack Nicklaus's tournament, now you've got two weeks of a Canadian Open and then a U.S. Well, Open. I think it made perfect sense for Liv to get it done at this time. Why? Because you're, you're I mean, if you're going to upset the apple cart, you might as well do it for one of the guys who owns the, the you know, the owner of, um, or the big money guy for the, what is it, the DP Tour? DP World Tour? Yeah. And a Canadian, and then you got the U.S. Open. Might as well get a double bang out of it. Out of your bucks, get them on back-to-back weeks. Well, I don't know that it upsets the things. I'm, I think that's the idea is it's going to unify everybody at this point moving forward, and that's where the deal was done uh, above everybody with Jay Monahan and you know the the, the Yasser, uh, I'll, I'll, you know the, the guy in charge of the public fund. Now they cut the deal kind of behind closed doors to, to get this done. I do think the timing for me it's it's timing is interesting because you got two back-to-back you know country opens. Which people aren't going to skip that if you've committed to playing in it, and if the, you know if you're playing a colonial, you say, "May have a lot of PJ Tour players upset about the situation and not play." Um, but we'll see. Uh, they're all teeing off this morning. I mentioned Omar Uresti, our good buddy, is playing, and he will tee off at a, this afternoon. He has not teed off yet. He'll play this afternoon, which we're excited to see his uh, progress there. We'll hear from uh, Rory McIlroy coming up. He had his uh, press conference yesterday, as we anticipated, uh, not as uh, as bitter and acrimonious as you might have expected. Somewhat diplomatic, Rory was yesterday, kind of understanding the situation. Did say he felt like a bit of a sacrificial lamb in this case, though, and does feel like he and the other players who didn't take the live money should and will be compensated uh, on the other side of well, the Well, he's thing. saying that they should. He, in his mind, is saying that, that some way they should be the ones who decided not to take that money. Well, I think they will be. I've said that all day yesterday. I believe that they will make them whole. I don't know about whole, but they'll, they'll, they'll get cut in on the deal. I mean, that's part of this whole thing. Uh, and let me say it this way, and we'll play the Rory sound coming up. 
the reason I was critical of players for, for taking the money, I understand people for their own families to take the hundreds of millions of dollars. But think about it this way. If if the uh, the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia was trying to buy the PGA Tour three years ago, which they were, mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to get their foot in golf globally. Uh, they tried to buy both uh, both the European Tour and the PGA Tour, uh, throwing their money around. Both said no, and the pushback was no, we're not interested in selling. So what did they do? They created disruption. They started their own league, uh, spearheaded by Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson, to where they could then pilfer the top players. And once they started p- pilfering the top players, they had leverage, and the PGA Tour you know, had to come to the to the table. That's why this almost had to happen uh, because they have so much money uh, and they will continue to spend you into oblivion uh, and then get you into the courts with, with you know, long-term lawsuits and antitrust suits that you may lose. Uh, so, you know, this, the only, the only reason I was critical of players for going was that's what gave Liv the, and the, the Saudis the leverage. Because once you, before, if no player, if Phil Mickelson, not one player had left, I don't, I, I firmly believe what happened this week would not have happened. Uh, because they wouldn't have had a, a, the leverage in the lawsuits that came with those players leaving. Right. Uh, that that what that's what led to the acrimony is those guys doing what was best for them, taking the money and going, uh, and that then gave the live tour vis a vis that the Saudis to the the ability to, you know, build unload, leverage, unload all the legal stuff and can right. last forever and ever. Correct and correct and look to to Phil Mickelson's point that you know the PGA Tour needs needs to, it's a monopoly and it needs to be sh- shaken up. And that's why we're doing this. Okay, well, it shook it up, uh, but it led to them having to, to give in and sell the tour essentially, or merge the tours. Uh, but but if if zero players ever left, and this is what Rory and others were arguing all along, if we stay united and fix the PGA Tour where it needs to be fixed, uh, we can fix our own, and then you know to keep them keep them out. Uh, obviously, with the Live Tour and them investing two billion dollars into a tour that never made a nickel. Uh, and but it did poach the top players, and I heard rumors this week that uh, there was another top player about to jump ship to live, uh, and there's some rumors that it was John Rahm. That, and I don't want to you know speculate that it was, but the, what I saw was that a former number one player who's a major champion was was flirting with the idea of joining Live, because remember Buck, I mean the top players were seeing that not playing every week, playing less golf, and being sharp for the majors might be the good way to go. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you're Brooks Kepka and you're playing the, 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 the scaled-back schedule, getting your body healthy, and then you show up and you're at your best for these major championships, not playing the week-to-week grind of the PGA Tour, I think more and more players were going to be planning to jump. Uh, and I think the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan knew that. Yeah, but I, I feel like the PGA Tour doesn't have as much power as they think they have now. Well, well I know they're supposed to be the, will be the governing body, allegedly, but I don't know. Well, the the final decision maker are the Saudis now. My yeah, only yes. point on a buck off Thursday is if if the players had never moved and started to go to live at the, at the numbers that they did, they w- there wouldn't have been the leverage to create this deal and force this deal. We'll hear Rory. Rory says about the same thing coming up uh, from his press conference yesterday. But you know, that's my take on it. We'll take yours, 512-337-3776. Uh, let's get to the headlines, trending topics to start this uh, busy buck off Thursday. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Starting the NBA, uh, Denver's dynamic duo was certainly just that last night. They uh, 
their two superstars put on an historic show to lead the Nuggets back into control of the NBA Finals. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray become the first teammates in league history to both record 30-point triple doubles in the same game. And it was Game 3 of the NBA Finals, conveniently. 109-94 final. Jokic, 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. Murray, 34 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. Before last night, no teammates had ever done that. Now in the regular season, none of the playoffs, and certainly not in the finals game. Nuggets also out-rebounded Miami 58-33. They now lead, lead the best-of-seven series two games to one. Uh, also in Miami yesterday, massive news earlier in the day, official word that soccer legend Lionel Messi is headed to Major League Soccer and joining Inter-Miami. Uh, and it's widely believed the 35-year-old would follow his longtime rival Cristiano Ronaldo and choose to play for a club in Saudi Arabia, who reportedly offered him a three-year contract worth more than $1.5 billion. Instead, the Golden Foot revealed his decision yesterday to join Inter-Miami, the franchise that has been uh, run by fellow global soccer icon David Beckham since its inception. Uh, Messi has more than 800 career goals for club and country, makes him one of the greatest players in the sport's history. His next matches are expected to be a pair of exhibitions with Team Argentina this June, here in this month. His Inter-Miami debut figures to be sometime in July. Austin FC will play at Inter-Miami July the 1st. Keep an eye on that. Major League Baseball over tonight for the Texas teams. Rangers uh, fall to the Redbirds. Cardinals beat them 1-0. Rangers lose that game despite a complete game four-hit, 12-strikeout performance from their starting pitcher, John Gray, but four Cardinal pitchers combined to toss the shutout. Marcus Simeon's 25-game hitting streak did come to an end there. Astros lost in Toronto last night, 3-2. They'll wrap up that four-game series north of the border this evening. Round Rock, an 11-9 winner at Salt Lake. College Softball World Series. Oklahoma Sooners won their 52nd game in a row. They blanked Florida State 5-0. They're now a win away from a third consecutive national championship. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Okay, so uh, good stuff right there. Uh, We'll also get into, in addition to these other top top global stories, there's a big national story, which is name, image, and likeness, and that conversation that continues. And uh, Tommy Tuberville, Buck, Tommy Tuberville weighing in as you probably thought he would, the former sure. Texas Tech coach, Auburn head coach. He's now a state senator from the state of Alabama, and he is not a fan of the current situation with name, image, and likeness. We'll get into that because uh, we know that a, 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 a group of SEC coaches, including Nick Saban, headlined by Nick Saban, went to D.C. this week to lobby for the feds to get involved and help with some of the uh, – the lack of oversight of the current name, image, and likeness rules. We'll let you hear what Tommy Tuberville had to say uh, going forward. Before we get into our coach's corner, though, uh, the uh, in our 7 o'clock hour, uh, Jokic and Murray, historic last night. I mean, this is where you make legacy. This is where you build your resume, where you go from star to superstar. Uh, I think we, we saw, we're seeing Nikola Jokic do it throughout the course of this playoff run, but Jamal Murray joining him uh, as his sidekick and uh, shades of 20 years ago with Shaq and Kobe with these two. You just Who, who can handle them? Well, they couldn't handle them last night for sure. They both came out with a flurry of just from the first quarter on, and it was a physical game. They out-rebounded the Heat last night, and, and Butler says, you know what, they needed more energy. Well, I think they took your energy last night. It wasn't just that the Heat didn't come out with energy because Bam played really well again. He had another nice game last night. He's played great. In these he, he really has. Speaking of guys who have you know, shined, there was a lot of thoughts Absolutely. that Bam was not a big big game player. Uh, he is. He's becoming that, that little mid-range jumper that he gets, and he yep. and he can get that off. He's he's done well at that. But well, by the way, guess who Bam Adebayo's best buddy is? His dog, Jamal Murray, Damian Lillard. Oh, did, did Bam and Jamal Murray play together at Kentucky? 
Oh man, I, I got to check on that. Wow. So many of those guys were one and done. Yeah, and you got to cross check with the Kentucky. Cross check which years they were at Kentucky playing for John Calipari. Um, was it Bam and Tyler Hero? I don't, again, you got to cross check. Yeah, Jimmy Butler says it's not about X's and O's. It was about energy last night. I'm thinking, dude, they were taking your energy. I thought you can't. I thought Miami came out. Well, and I getting think, it done. And I, it, it it looked like they just they looked big again last night. Denver looked big. They did. And they are big. They're a powerful team. They're a very talented team, um, and that's why most of most folks picked them to. And this series started. They were like plus four hundred to win the series. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were heavy, heavy plus four fifty, heavy, heavy favorites. The game two loss kind of dropped that back down, but it's still. And I, and I agree with what you're saying about Jimmy Butler. You, know, you can say you didn't have energy, but when they play their best, you can't beat them. No. If the Nuggets play that level of game, and Michael Malone, their coach, would tell you, if we play defense like that and limit the three balls and keep you to under 100 points, no, we're going to win. We're going to win. We may win in five games now. Uh, but we have to play with that type of defense. Not it's only about let us, not you. You not only let him score, you let him get his assist going last night again, too. Well, they had made some great adjustments, and you had two guys with 10 assists. You know, speaking of the, the never-done-before-the-30-point triple-doubles by teammates, it's never been done in any game, which is pretty amazing. The, the last time in a finals game, two, t- two players had 30 points and 10 assists together, just the, just the double. Mm-hmm was way back in the 90s with Clyde Drexler and uh, Kevin Porter of the – Terry Porter of the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers. I mean, you're going back 30 years. So, again, when you start Jamal Murray, Nikola, Nikola Jokic establishing legacy and uh, becoming – putting themselves you know, into the, the, the new stratosphere of star players in the NBA and a team that could be starting a run of uh, championships because they're all coming into their prime at the same time. We talked about the Spurs did the same thing and went on a 20-year, 15-year run. Golden State did it, and it feels like the Denver Nuggets are uh, poised to to begin that. Well, ascent. Miami knows they can they can win in Denver. Sure, they least. do. But I, I don't think they can win if Denver plays their best. They can't beat them. I think that's the long and the short of the of the series. And so again, the only team that can beat Denver is Denver. Uh, if they don't bring it, then Miami's got a chance. If they play like they did last night on both ends, um, I don't. They're just not talented enough. Let's dive into the coach's corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's avconsultations.com. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. All right, let's hear a little bit from Rory yesterday in our Coach's Corner. Rory uh, speaking after his Pro-Am round at the uh, Canadian Open. Uh, here's Rory talking about what we were just talking about, that at some point as players were jumping to live and the fractures were continuing and, and growing, uh, it just became you, you're never going to outspend this group. Uh, they're in now. They have leverage now within the game of golf, which is what they wanted. And now at some point you almost just have to – Resign yourself that to, to get everything back united, you got to you cut a cut a deal, which is what happened this week. Here's Rory. Again, whether you like it or not, the PIF and the Saudis want to spend money in the game of golf. It is they they want to do this, and they weren't going to stop. It's very hard to keep up with people that have more money than anyone else. Exactly. Uh, and I think yeah, as much criticism as Jay Moynihan and Monahan and the, the PJ Tour will take for cutting this deal, once Liv started to take get traction and gain traction, which meant the Saudis began to gain traction within the golf world and cause disruption, which is what they wanted to do with the lawsuits and the, the defections from the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, uh, enough disruption came to where to get it back together and bring a unified front, they, they had to sell out essentially and cut the deal. But as you said, Buck, how much power will the PGA Tour actually have? Uh, the early indications are that Jay Moynihan is going to be the man in charge of everything, uh, uh, just under the Yasser 
the, the, the head of the, the Saudi royal fund. I mean, you said and, it just under him. Right. Well, they, everything runs through them. They're the sole investor. Um, you know, they are the, they're the boss now. They, they bought the thing. Which is, again, Buck, if you go back three years, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to buy the whole thing from the beginning. Well, there weren't going to be any PGA. They were going to buy the – it's like a bank takeover. I mean, they just right. took it over. Correct. And they would. They wanted to try to buy it three years ago uh, as part of their vision uh, and, you know, you know, sports campaign. And PGA Tour and DP World Tour said, no, thanks. We're not, we're not for sale. And then this is what's led to the live tour, the, the, the disruption, the, then the lawsuits, which leads to the sale. And as Rory said – at some point, you just you can't outspend them. You, you'll never outspend them because uh, it's not a, a you know business for business. They don't they don't worry about losing money. They print money, uh, and you'll never catch up to them. Also, Rory was asked about um, uh, you know let's just hear Rory with another comment that he made yesterday after his pro am in Toronto. Fans who are disappointed in this deal, but it's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like I hate live. Like I I hope it goes away and i would fully expect that it does um and i think that's where the distinction here is this is the pj tour the dp world tour and the pif very different from live all i've tried to do is protect what the pj tour is and what the pj tour stands for and i think it will continue to to do that um so look going forward i hope that there's you know there may be a team element and you're going to see Maybe me, maybe whoever else play in some sort of team golf, but I don't think it'll look anything like Liv has looked, and I think that's a good thing. Okay. Yeah, in other words, if they want you to play team golf, you're going to play team golf in some way, well, right. and, PGA and, guys. That's just going to happen. Well, correct. And under the, the new umbrella led by the, the Saudi money is the idea of more flexibility. You can play on different tours. You can play a different type of schedule. There's the PGA, and it, it works in harmony instead of – in divisiveness. It works together. Uh, there won't be legal challenges and they'll make rules. They'll make rules. Um, and, and, you know, and again, since this was cut by a few people, very few people know all the details. And then, you know, with four or five people in a room over seven months, seven weeks of meetings to cut this deal. Um, but, you know, so there's a lot still to come and nothing is impacted in 2023. Everything sure. about this deal starts in 2020. But you also know who you, the type of people that you're dealing with that, whether it's one year, two year or 25 years, you know the people that you're dealing with. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that's, right? Well, that goes back to the blood money and the 9-11 stuff and everything that we've talked about. But as I, I said yesterday, I still don't, haven't had anybody give me a good answer. At this point, now that Liv was starting to gain traction and players were leaving, and if it's true that another top former number one, recently number one player was about to jump to Liv, at what point, what, what is the PGA Tour supposed to do? There won't be a PGA Tour. Right. What are the options? If you're Jay Monahan, you're like, okay, we, we tried to do the loyalty thing. We tried to do the blood money argument and keep our guys from leaving, but they're, they're still leaving. And that's where he looks like a hypocrite because that was their really only defense against Liv was to, guys, if we stay together united on the PGA Tour and don't leave, they don't have leverage. But the minute you guys start bolting and leaving and going to live and doing it, well, then this is what leads to the leverage and, and, and the collapse potentially of the PGA Tour uh, and that's where they cut the deal to, as Rory just said, keep the PGA Tour in control of the PGA Tour. It's just, you know, they're not, they're not the top, they're not supplying the money anymore. And that's morals or money. Right. Most of the time, it but seems I, like the money wins I out. Guess the way I see, well, but I, you're right. And money will always win out, unfortunately. And that's where I say I don't know what the PGA Tour's best option was. I guess fight the long haul, fight the battle in well, courts, fight the battle of players defecting to live. 
Uh, you just wouldn't they... have a PGA. I mean, that puts a lot of people out of business. You wouldn't have a PGA. It, w- it would put them out of business. Right. Well, because look, just play it out. If you say play the long game, fight it in court, you know, protect your tour, don't sell out. Well, you're just going to have more and more players leaving. The court rulings would would likely go against you in a lot of cases. So you're losing long protracted court battles, uh, and and maybe win a couple here and there, but you're losing as many as you win or maybe more. And so what's the, and you're right. You keep losing your top players. Live continues to gain traction and ground. I just wonder if you start to spending. lose some of your stuff, like the Colonial. Are you going to lose what happens down in San Antonio? I mean, some of these sure. things are going to go away. Well, that's well, and that's the that's the big question is how this is set up moving forward because no one knows that. But to the question of why did they sell? Yes, they sold out. Uh, but I don't. I, the way I see it, I don't. And then Rory just said it. A lot of people have backed it up. I don't think they had much of an option at this point to save their control of their tour. Uh, so to your point of hostile takeover or aggressive takeover, it was. Mm-hmm. It absolutely was. Uh, they, this was a stated goal of the Saudis, and they've achieved it, uh, unfortunately, uh, because it, that's where the money comes from now uh, that runs And golf. like I said, I don't believe that the PGA is just holding on by a string. They're, they're led to believe that they're going to be in control of it. I don't buy I don't think so. Well, I, I, I will trust that they are. I think they will because I think the, at the end of the day, whether we think of the Saudis, the Yasser is a huge golf fan. I mean, that's the, I mean, I know that he is a golf fanatic. That's why he wanted to get into golf and have a footprint in global golf. Uh, and the, the reports are that he is a fan of the history of golf, which means he would that's want to, try to, he would, he would yeah. to try to keep that in place. Um, but, again, time will tell. It doesn't start till 2024. Right. They're playing the Canadian Open this morning. And we'll hear more from Rory coming up. We'll get into this NIL discussion as well. We need your buck-ons and buck-offs. We also found out that Austin is one of the five best cities in the United States of America for naked cycling. If you're a naked cyclist out there, we'd love to hear from you on uh, what this is all about. We've never heard of it, but now we have. And Austin is a thriving area for naked cycling. Uh, interesting. Also, before the end of the hour, Ty will lead us through some hot or not topics. That's a buck-off Thursday on b It's Bucky and Aaron. Buck-ons and buck-offs brought to you by and powered by the power of the Austin Gamblers and those Bucking Bulls, Austin's pro rodeo team. Also, Buck, the uh, buck-on to several folks on the text line. I said, what what, sh- what should or could the PGA Tour have done to avoid the merger? And several people, I think, astutely said, be more player-friendly from the beginning. And that's probably true. Uh, when we talk about criticism of Jay Monahan. Uh, his hypocritical nature and how it's played out for him. Uh, make the player-friendly changes before uh, to avoid the player defections and maybe avoid it. But at the same time, I would argue, no matter what changes you made, if, if but you Saudi, grew into this together. Yeah. Well, if you if you even if you made player changes that they were looking for, especially for guys like Phil Mickelson, I still don't know that that's going to stop players from taking hundreds of millions of dollars from the Saudis if offered. Uh, and that became the leverage. Yeah, some people are just going to take the money. For sure. No matter how happy they are, if yeah. somebody offers you $200 million, Dustin Johnson made $150 million right. for not doing anything. And he still makes money when he wins and when the team wins. That and was he, a millionaire before that. Sure. But you're gonna, it's, and I'll never criticize a, a person or player for taking that money. Uh, you know, But the idea of, of calling it blood money and loyalty to the PGA Tour was, was their, their, their uh, Jay Monahan's tact. He wanted to, to, for, to say, look, stay together. You don't want to take that money. Have you ever had to apologize to play on the PGA Tour? Well, they took the money anyhow. And again, to me, that's the disruption that led to the division, which led to the lawsuits, which led to the Just leverage. where are you? Is it, are you with morals? Or are you with money? Well, you can't. And, and some people are with money. Well, and that's I'm, because, just, I'm sorry. A lot of people are with money. 
Well, that, and because because so many folks yesterday, Buck, were texting about you know the nine eleven families, and I'll never watch golf again. That's fair. You're the consumer. You can That's choose right. that. My my, that. my only argument of the PGA Tour is not to defend it. It's just to say that as this played out, it's less of a sports story and more of a ma- major business deal. Yeah, like I said, like banks take over. I mean, right, they, business, they weren't going to have a PGA cor- Tour. Corporate takeovers all the time, and we see this. They create disruption within the market. They they create problems for you. How often do big corporations? squash the little guy in the same way they mm-hmm. they, they they create disruption in the market uh they, they bring values down they again lawsuits they hang it but you because they can afford to, to pay lawyers forever and they'll you know keep you locked up in court and this isn't just in this situation but in, in you know mergers and corporations all the time all over the world well yeah and this is a group that's not going to fold anytime no. soon they got endless no. they got a deep well that's correct and again uh the only defense the pj tour had was their plays staying and not giving them leverage but not for one second do you think that they're stopping at just golf oh for sure that's the ongoing conversation and to that end uh how about this storyline on a day on a week in which the pga tour had to cave and and merge with that entity that same entity apparently offered Lionel messi in excess of over you know 1.5 billion dollars to join a soccer team in saudi arabia he turned that down, and Lionel Messi is coming to the MLS. Inter Miami is where he will land and play on the team run by David Beckham, another global soccer icon. For some uh, insight on this and some perspective, uh, let's go to the uh, Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. Often a guest with us covering soccer, covers the MLS uh, and the Austin FC for the Austin Chronicle. Our friend Eric Goodman is with us. Eric, how are you, man? Hey, guys, this is as, as good a time as it's ever been to be a soccer fan in the United States. I, I consider you all both uh, a part of that, so this, this is a, a time we can celebrate. Yeah, well, celebrate. It, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I, I celebrated when Beckham became a part of this thing, and so this is even, this is even better. But this, is, this opens up the door for MLS to, to really, really thrive because, you know, it's, it's been that kind of up and down. I know it's been around for a long time now, but Eric, it's been kind of up and down. You know, teams will come and go, and – I mean, how strong is it? But this this really puts a a real good grip to have Messi in the United States. To have him in Miami is a big deal. And and you mentioned Beckham. This is so many levels up from David Beckham, yep. who you know obviously was, was a tremendous soccer player in his own right. But but he was a celebrity, you know, first and foremost. Sure. And, and he was a celebrity attraction. This is Lionel Messi, who. Uh, is still one of the very best players, even at age 35, but it's only age 35. I mean, this is a player um, who, when he debuts in MLS, will be uh, seven months removed from not just winning the World Cup, but winning the Golden Ball as the best player at the World Cup. Uh, And and what that's going to look like on an MLS pitch, I think is going to be really interesting, but um, they're not not since Pelé, who was also 35 when he came to the New York Cosmos of the the NASL, uh, there will never have been a player... Uh, of his caliber um, playing here in North America in the United States. So it's really exciting. I'm thinking of the word, Eric, that this does for the MLS. Obviously, it raises the level, but it, it, credibility, is that a, a fair way to put it, that the, the level of play in the MLS can rise? And uh, I mean, give me your thoughts on, on the impact this can have, not just on the, the sport in North America, but on a global level. Well, it's, it's, you're exactly right, and, and that's what the potential is. The potential is that this could be a turning point uh, for soccer in North America, and, and especially if you couple it with the with the 2024 World Cup, or the yeah the 2026 World Cup that that's on the way um, here, you know, in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, this is an era that could be a massive shift, and it could be the kind of shift where you start seeing 
you know, some great players in their primes. You start seeing teams with multiple Sebastian Driussis who who's here, at, you know, at, at 26 years old and, and is, you know, among the, the elite players in the world. This could be a shift that makes soccer in North America at the club level uh, something that, that is more mainstream than ever. Um, or it could be just, uh, you know, a brief one-and-a-half to two-year moment in time where we have this great player come in and, you know, maybe the, the league doesn't fold like the NASL did, but you start thinking like, oh, Pele came and Pele went. Um, Beckham came and Beckham went. Messi will come and Messi will go, but what is going to be the difference in the league when he does? Let me let me ask you this, Eric. Does, I mean, and your thoughts, I mean, with 2026 coming and, and a lot of things happening in the state of Texas, even with uh, with games being played here for, for World Cup, Messi will be 38, almost 39 years old. I mean, does he take – I mean, if you really want to change things, if that guy is still playing, if he plays in World Cup in the United States and he's a part of North America – you know, in the, in the MLS, that is, that's massive for what could be happening here in 2026. So you think about, you know, you just mentioned how much money, and it was, you know, over a billion dollars that he reportedly turned down from Saudi Arabia. And why would he do that? Um, number one, I think, um, you know, quality of life for his family. Um, I, I think he's going to enjoy um, living and playing in Miami uh, than, more than he would in Saudi Arabia. But also you think about, you know, maybe extending his international career with Argentina. Mm -hmm. They're playing a Copa America here in the United States. Obviously, the World Cup is going to be local, uh, you know, in this part of the world. He has a chance by actually, um, you know, playing here in MLS to, to, to hang around if he wants to. Um, I can't imagine that Argentina would ever tell him that right. we don't want you anymore. Uh, it's going to be his decision. And, and I think this is, this is the best path for him. Uh, to, to maintain he's going to play as much as he wants or as little as he wants here. Um, he's going to have, you know, all the control. Uh, and, and if he wants to be around this Argentina team, he's in the perfect place to do that as they play in these big tournaments here in the United States. Great insight from Eric Goodman. You, you, you said it just a minute ago and you tweeted it yesterday, but um, you said, will this be a brief moment in time for a second-rate league or will it represent a genuine turning point for pro soccer in USA and Canada? Uh, and then you said it's, it's up to the league owners to decide. When you say that, Share with our audience what the league owners outside of Miami now, including here in Austin, need to do to take advantage of this. So right now you can go insane, you know, trying to, to parse out the roster rules and the spending rules of MLS. And, and it's these arbitrary limiters on, on basically the ceiling that the league can have. And Inter-Miami, you know, to their credit, since they've come into the league around uh, 2018, uh, they pushed that envelope, and it's come out and it's and, you know, it's bitten them. You know, there was a, one of their first seasons; they got caught with having four designated players, four players that are being paid kind of off the books when you talk about the salary cap, and they were penalized for it, and they, and they were um, fined and limited in what they could spend. You know, and 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 my thought the whole time was, why are we punishing a club um, that that wants to spend and wants to bring some of the world's best players here? But, but that's been the culture of MLS. It's been an obsession towards um, parity, an obsession towards trying to make sure that every club had a, has a chance. In my opinion, it's made for a really um, boring league, to be honest. Um, you know, and, and you, it's hard to, to watch MLS as a neutral because, you know, no team is great. Every now and then you get the LASCs like, like uh, in recent years who, who, you know, have put something really, really special together. But, um, you know, this needs to be – we haven't seen a change in MLS since they signed this $2 billion deal with Apple. Um, there, is, there is money in the league that there has never been, 
And so it's on, it's incumbent on these owners and it's incumbent on Don Garber, the commissioner, to, to tinker with these rules, loosen them, uh, make it easier for teams to bring in multiple high-paid players so that this league can really be a showcase that, that you know, fans of soccer all around the world are interested in. Uh, it is Eric Goodman who covers the MLS in Austin FC for the Austin Chronicle. His column appears weekly. Uh, great stuff right there on what needs to happen. Yeah, Eric, uh, that just that just up my my 2026 prices for World <laughs> Cup tickets. I got a place to stay, but ticket wise, what I thought I was going to have to pay for him just skyrocketed. Skyrocket. Just in case Messi even plays, the thought of that guy playing. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's going to be. It, this will be the the center of the soccer world for for you know the next the next several years. It's yep. going to be a fun time. Hey, Eric, last thing. How did how did how did uh, David Beckham in Miami pull this off? I mean, uh, I I know I've heard, read that there's part you know that two billion dollar Apple deal you talked about it that my, Messi's getting cut in on that as far as revenue share. Uh, how did Miami pull this off, and how can other because the Austin FC? Let's be fair; they've been they've been willing to spend, and they're not going to be a cheap organization. It doesn't feel like uh, so. You, you borrow the, the the tactics. How did they pull this off to get a player of that caliber? You know, you, you get to high school freshman year, and you see a cute girl, and you can't really muster up the strength to talk to her, and then you build up. You know, you, you flirt with her, and you build it, and eventually senior year comes around, and you finally ask her to prom, and and she, you know, and she agrees. That's kind of what it's been like for Inter Miami. You know, they since day one, you know, this was kind of their their dream. And um, I, I, from what I from what I understand, Messi actually was the first to kind of you know call up Beckham and Jorge Mas, the owner, and, and say, hey, you know, not now, but sometime down the road, you know, I, we, we, I might be interested in coming to play for you guys. So this has been in the works for a long time, and I do think that Apple deal. Um, yes, you know, we we don't know the details, but Messi's going to be. Um, a part of it, and some he's going to get a cut of that. I also think Apple, th- this was their vision too, and they needed this to happen. I mean, Apple paid $2 billion not to put the MLS on in the United States, but to carry MLS games globally. And why is anyone around the world going to tune into a, a regional North American, you know, second tier league unless it has the best player in the world? So this was, this is the culmination of, of a lot of things, and I think for Messi as well. Uh, and, and now it's just a matter of seeing how it plays out for what is the worst team in MLS, which is another interesting thing. If it's <laughs> a different kind of league, you know, Messi be, you know, in a relegation battle. But, you know, that's not how it works, and so it'll be exciting. Eric, thanks so much on short notice for jumping on. It's a historic day for soccer, a historic day for the United States and the MLS in soccer, and we appreciate your perspective. Thanks, Eric. All right, guys, anytime. Eric Goodman, follow him on Twitter. Good stuff right there. He is at Goodman. Got himself an early Twitter name, at Goodman where you can find him uh, always outstanding on soccer. Uh, later in the show, uh, last hour, we'll talk to Glenn Davis, too, from Soccer Matters, his thoughts from a bigger-picture perspective of what this means for soccer around the world and certainly in the United States. Uh, we'll also get into the NIL situation with Tommy Tuberville, the Alabama senator, calling the per- current patchwork of state laws and governing names for name, image, and likeness a disaster, a disaster that needs to be rectified. Details on that coming. Plus, Hot or Not is next. Ty Henderson, our producer, will lead us through some topics we've missed halfway through this program. It's B&E on the Horn. What's hot? And what's not? What's Hot, What's Not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot and not on the Buck off Thursday. Pretty good stuff going on. Lionel Messi 
huge week for a historic week for golf and where it's headed. Also got the NBA Finals last night. What can you say? Never been done before in an NBA game. Two players with 30-point triple-doubles in the same 48 minutes, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And as I said earlier, Buck, the hot is the Nuggets. I mean, they're going to win this series. And they look like a, a dynastic type team um, because consider this: go to their go to their roster. Their their five best players: Nikola Jokic is twenty eight, Aaron Gordon is twenty seven, Jamal Murray is twenty six. Uh, you've got Michael Porter Jr. at twenty four years old. Christian Brown last night, the Kansas rookie, was great. I mean, they got a great young nucleus. And when we see teams do this, right? When we saw it with the Spurs in the early two thousands and beyond, we saw it with the Golden State Warriors. When you've got star players and they're all about to head into the primes of their careers, this could be a multiple championship kind of run team. And I know, you know, other teams feel like they can be really good too. The Mavericks want to build around Luka. But uh, from from here on out, the Nuggets are who you have to beat in the NBA. Yeah, when you got two superstars, that's yeah. that's hard to beat right there. Shaq now. and Kobe like is how they, they a big and a wing like that. And young talent around it that's that, that's that good and that young. And as Ty said, locked up under contract. Uh, they're it, together. They could win a championship this year. This could be the first of a few. Also, let me give a hot to, uh, you know, the, we're watching this Longhorn baseball team headed to Palo Alto uh, tonight. They, actually, they flew out yesterday to be there for the game Saturday night. Uh, last year's Longhorn hero, the last couple of years, Ivan Melendez, hit his 10th home run last night, Bucket. Uh, the high A level, uh, he is playing for a team called the uh, Hillsboro Hops. The Hillsboro Hops in North Carolina. Uh, Ivan is now leading that team with 10 home runs. He's got 10 doubles. He's got he's had a long hitting streak going. So the, his, the uh, what, what was his nickname? The Titanic. The Hispanic Titanic, yeah. Ivan Melendez. Uh, he had a big home run last night, 300 or 460 feet or something. He's starting to get his legs under him there. Batting 273 now, slugging is up over 600. So we'll keep an eye on Ivan Melendez. Longhorns are going to deal with a team It's uh, in Stanford. They kind of remind you of last year's Texas team, Buck. They've got like four, five, six guys that have hit double-digit home runs. They've got a couple guys at 18 home runs. They can really hit up and down their lineup, and they can pitch. Longhorns have their hands full this weekend, to say the least. Ty, what do you have for us? Now, I know you've been uh, digging into this story. Apparently, there is a Zion Williamson story that is not hot. Yeah, so we announced yesterday that he was uh, going to be a father at a gender reveal or whatever that you know those videos Gen- so zion williamson of the pelicans did a gender reveal with yes. his baby mom or just announcing that he was going to be a father or something oh, like okay. that um with child reveal we call that yes with uh, with a woman and another lady a porn star actually mariah mills came out on twitter <laughs> we're very uh, happy about that with an extensive thread um i don't even know if i can read a no lot you of can't this. no um, you cannot no you cannot basically just going into exactly what they do sexually um, and basically saying, you were going to move me to New Orleans. You're going to move this girl, too. You didn't think I was going to find out. And uh, now I've, I just learned also that she also posted all the videos of them, basically sex tapes. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, a bunch of people. She got you. Maybe that's the yep. reason why he's only played 26 games in the past year. Um, Should have been getting in shape. <laughs> him and the draft class of him and John ja Moran, you know, it's it's not going too well right now. RJ Barrett as well been dealing with injuries, so all three of those guys seem to have some issues. But um, are you hot or not on? I think there's one flat out stuff being just put a out flat there. out skank. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, she is a porn star, Bucky. I, I did say skank, didn't I? Well, Zion Williamson is in, or she's just trying to get through college. But if you want to read, it is a good read. If you want to go on Twitter. Well, and- this is salacious gossip for sure, salacious in nature. 
So yeah, I mean, you, you Zion put to put out his uh, with baby announcement. He, he's into some nasty stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a freak. Uh, so the the lady, this this uh, adult entertainer is Mariah from, Mills. She's from Dallas. Oh yes. And there's been some videos that have come out of them. You know, hey Zion, so what's your favorite city to go out in when you're there? And he's just like Dallas. But I. I don't want to go there. But yeah, well, you don't want to go there Dallas, now for sure. Dallas for sure. Like it, uh, it's it's hilarious. So you you got to dig in for yourself. Like I said, I can't say a lot of these things on the air, but it's hilarious. That like, dude, that dude needs to get himself in shape to play basketball. Or Stop not, banging. Yeah. Well, by one of the quotes I saw from the or at least lady banging in himself into good health. I, I, one of the quotes. You can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Ty. That one of the quotes from the lady in Dallas, the skank, as Bucky called her. Didn't she say like? Uh, I, I helped get you in shape, and this is how you do me. <laughs> oh, he, he was supposed to be getting in shape. There was like she a, said, "I helped get you in shape, and this is how you do me." Twenty-five to thirty tweet thread of her just venting, airing oh, out all of all God. of his sexual. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's in the proclivities. Yeah. Pro- proclivities. Thank you, Ty. We're back. Buck off Thursday. We got more coming. Plus the including the NIL situation with Senator Tommy Tuberville getting involved.